Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society Podcast. I'm your host, Chet Czar, and welcome to the first episode of 2023. It is January, what is it? January 3rd, 2023. And I don't know what episode it is. Now I have to look. I'm trying to be more organized about this and... and uh, Stay true to my word. And uh, put the number of the episode. Oh, God. <laughs> I often say I am I have no business being a podcast host because I'm too disorganized. Um, okay, so this would be episode uh, 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 269. Episode 269. And uh, for this episode, we're just kind of easing into the new year. I had my friend Josh Breckenridge and my friend Gabe Leonard. <clears throat> Both are artists. And um, we'll, I'll explain as we get into the interview. Uh, we've got a text thread going. <laughs> we've got, uh, there, there's been a lot of discussion about AI. And we, we did the NFT thing together in the, at the beginning of last year. So. Uh, I thought I would have them on to start the new year off, have a mellow show, um, low pressure, just three dudes chatting, um, and talk about the, um, I don't know, our adventures in the NFT space, because it's not really happening anymore for us, and um, also AI. And uh, because b both Josh and Gabe have had experience with AI and they're both artists and um, Josh is a mu musician, Gabe's a painter, you know, Gabe, he's been on the show a million times, friend of the show, Gabe Leonard. Um, anyway, I just thought it'd be good to have a discussion because we've been discussing all of this stuff in this text thread for a year now. And um, I don't imagine there's going to be another AI show anytime soon. I just wanted to kind of like, I don't know, give a year in review. It seems like the issue is settled somewhat. Um, still, still no consensus on it, but um, the conversation has seemed to to die down a bit. People aren't as freaked out as they were before. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm just not online uh, uh, as much as I was before. But I thought Josh and Gabe both had um, interesting perspectives on AI. And I wanted to just talk to them about it. And uh, yeah, so it's a low-key fun episode. Um, so that's it. So we're going to do that in a few minutes. Uh, I have been... Uh, let's see. What's new? Uh, I'll give you a little update. Uh, I had a... My vacation. I, I usually take a vacation at the end of the year. And I didn't really take a vacation this year. Um I had a big bill due once again, and I had to paint a bunch of studies and sell them. And it was down to the wire, but I made what I needed to make. So that was kind of a relief, but it was really actually a stressful vacation. <laughs> um, uh, so I don't know, maybe I'll take it later. Maybe I'll, I was told myself I was going to try and take it this week, but that ain't happening because here I am doing another podcast, but so story of my life, story of my life. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a relief that that's over now it's on to next month i swear this is the life as an artist this is how it is it's month to month it's crazy i mean you get used to it but it still kind of sucks um 
and the you know the economy's bad so it's just tough out there right now but anyway i appreciate everybody who who purchased studies who purchased resins on my sale i mean it really helped me out big time um so i am uh yeah just moving on now i'm i'm i've got studies that i owe people for my patreon if you, if you join my patreon at the um uh collector or mentorship tier which is the 50 dollars a month collector tier where you get a 20 percent off discount on everything in my store all the time as long as you have patronage in my patreon and then i have a mentorship tier for 100 bucks a month where you, where we do uh one-on-one -on -one zoom meetings um for an hour 30 minutes to an hour it, it almost always goes an hour though or longer um i try and keep it to an hour though uh anyway and i give like advice and help artists that are that need help in whatever career or technique or whatever so when you do a year of that you get a study a free study so it's a pretty good deal and uh some people have been on my patreon at that level for a few years <laughs> and i haven't given them studies yet so now the next this next month i'm just working on a bunch of studies and i'm going to start shipping those out this is if you follow the podcast you know that this was the year I didn't take a solo show on so that I can get all of the artwork I owe people because I've got commissions from a few years back I still owe and I've got um, Kickstarter rewards for my dystopia project I still owe. I still got a lot of stuff I owe. And in order to do that, I need to not have a solo show this year. So no solo show this year, although I have a couple group shows, but they're really good, good group shows coming up. Um, one is the LA Art Fair in February, and one is a Giger tribute show at Copro in March, which is going to be really cool. So I want to do really good pieces for both those kind of big pieces. Um, anyway, if you want to join my Patreon, uh, you can join for only a dollar if you don't want to do the big ticket um, tier levels at uh, patreon.com slash chetzar. And if you want to support the podcast, you can you can go to the other Patreon I have for the podcast, which is Dark Art Society, uh, patreon.com slash darkartsociety, and you can join there for as little as a dollar. And that um, keeps the podcast going. If you join the Dark Art Society Patreon at the dollar level, you get your name read on the air. Uh, we have no new subscribers this month, so no names to read off. But if you join at the $5 and above level, you can... Uh, get entered into a monthly drawing for a skull, a free skull from the skull shop. It's S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Sorry, Kyle, I dropped your skull. Well, it's my skull, but I'm sure, I'm sure it pains you to hear one of your, your beautiful skulls being dropped. Here's one of Kyle's skull from Skull Shop. Anyway, uh, so that's it. Let's get on with the podcast. Um, Gabe Leonard and Josh Breckenridge. And we are talking about AI and a little bit about NFTs and art and all that good stuff. So that's it. I hope you like it. Did I forget anything? Mm, I don't think so. Um, oh, like and subscribe. I need to start saying that. Now that we're monetized on YouTube, I mentioned that before, right? Did I mention that in the last episode? 
the Dark Art Society YouTube channel is now monetized, which is really great. Um, yeah, I mentioned it now, I remember. Uh, so that's kind of exciting. Getting new subscribers, new people hearing the podcast is exciting for me. So that's it. Okay, let's get on with it. Uh, here we go. Gabe and Josh and myself. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, you guys. What's up? Hello. Hello. Hey, what's up? What's up? Pay attention, Josh. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. We'll stop looking at your phone. I'm get get off TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sorry, I was looking at cat videos. <laughs> You're missing those gorilla videos, man. Those gorilla Dude, videos that gorilla are... video you sent today is great. It's insane. Um, only you would sit around yet. and watch videos of gorillas playing in the snow. It's fucking incredible. They're just like... Their 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 uh, mannerisms and stuff are so human. It's trippy, man. It just trips me out, and especially when you watch the little babies. It's just like <laughs> it's so weird. They act just like little babies, and the little kids act like little kids. It's too. It freaks me out. Anyway, that's beside the point. So, how you guys doing? <laughs> Happy New Year. Doing, doing all right. Happy New Year. Happy doing New great. Year. Happy New Year. Um, yeah, I just thought it'd be kind of fun to. Have a chill episode for the first episode of 2023. Just uh, yeah, uh, you guys from the the year old text thread we've had um, <laughs> that we started around the beginning. 14 years ago. No, <laughs> this that's what it felt like, like this year. It's been a year. It's been a year. Doesn't it seem like it's been like five years that we've been on that chatting on that text thread. Yeah. It's crazy because we get so much mileage out of it. <laughs> You're probably the only two people that I talk to every day. I think I talk to both of you more than my wife and kids at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's scary. Your kids are writing us privately, like, "When are you going to let Josh go?" <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we started this text thread when we got into NFTs at the beginning of last year, 2022. Uh, Josh. I don't remember how we started. I got in because of at Josh's urging, um, and I don't know if did you sorry get in? <laughs> did you just get no, in? we we were Chad and I were no remember all in twenty twenty one we were really following crypto oh, as that's it was right. like rising up. Yeah, and we got in we right we were, at that time where it seemed like it's never we going to go whole, down. <laughs> we were both the whole year like hey, we should try this, but there was so much backlash against it for uh, environment reasons and. And there was legitimate concern about the environmental impact of crypto and all that kind of stuff. And so we were reluctant to like dive in just for a money grab. I, I think we, we were just, but we were curious about, so we, I remember we were just kind of following crypto and trying to learn as much about that as we possibly right, could. Right, right, right. And at the, at the end of 2021, for whatever reason, we were talking about it. We started talking to Josh. I just, I went ahead and minted something. Josh sent me a foundation invite. And I minted, I minted a Clint Eastwood painting that I did, and and it sold for like 0.2 ETH or something, which at the time was like 800 bucks, and it cost me like 400 bucks to mint it and all the stuff. It was like it what? Was it to mint. Really? I, no. I remember I only doubled, I doubled my money. I remember that. It cost yeah. me a lot of money to set up the profile, <laughs> connect the wallet, and to mint it on Foundation. It wasn't like OpenSea. Right. And it cost me. Maybe it was like 200 bucks to mint it. I made 400 bucks in the sale. I can't. I remember like when stuff was costing like 
150 200 bucks to mint yeah that was depending insane. on the time of day and gas fees it was it got pretty wild for a little bit and uh chat was just like i remember you just being wanting to wait until the right time and you know you had the right thing and i kind of you know do what i do i just like dive in the pool head first and hit my teeth knock my teeth out on the bottom of the pool and then i come <laughs> up for air that's usually what i do <laughs> well you you did pretty well i mean I did pretty well, well I, too I, for a while, but at that right after that happened, and it wasn't related, but uh, like uh, West Henry contacted me on Instagram, and mm -hmm. I didn't know who he was, but he was an uh, an artist in Denver doing pretty well with uh, NFTs, and he's like, "Hey man, uh, you should try this out." You know, he, and he gave me like all the information about how to set up on OpenSea and how to kind of how to get it going, and invited me into a Twitter space, which I didn't. You know, I had a Twitter account, but I didn't know anything about. I didn't know what Twitter Spaces was. I didn't know it. Like, you know, it's like put a link tree on your on your Twitter. I'm like, what's a link tree? <laughs> like, like all these things that now seem pretty obvious to me. Like, yeah, right. what's Discord? Like, always like there was like, a lot of new stuff to learn. But anyways, he invited me into the Twitter space where there were there were uh, some other collectors and other other <laughs> people there, and he he helped me kind of guide me. Like, you know, you know, minute few start at this price. And then they just bought them all up, and right. and, uh, and that happened a few times, and it was like kind of mind warping at first. It's like, how have I worked so hard all of my life, and then turn around and I can just sell a JPEG, and make a boatload of cash, just selling a bunch of JPEGs, and I have hundreds and hundreds of JPEGs <laughs> of my yeah, artwork, I know. <laughs> and, and, and so the excitement is like, if I if I could do this with all of my art. I can retire right now. Yep. That was one of the reasons I was bothering you guys so much because I knew you had such a big body of work. It seemed like the people that were coming into the NFT space that had, you know, hundreds of paintings were the people that were really doing really well, you know? Yeah. 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 And, yeah. 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 That might have, if we would have dove in a little earlier, it might have been the case. Well, yeah. it, also, I being a, ha having somebody kind of come in and, introduced me to their collectors like i kind of got brought into a little enclave of, of people that were in the nft market already so that that was a big help too um yeah it was trippy yeah jo I, josh had been telling me i think at least a year or two for me to get into it and i just was i just couldn't do it i just didn't like i couldn't do it i had too much stuff i had to do and i was like so i set this date for january 2022 i was like mm. okay i'm gonna i'm getting all this stuff done i have to get done and i'll have some free time and then you helped josh helped me mint my first nft and 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 you know he was the one who like told me how to set up my all the stuff that i needed to know how to do you kind of yeah. were like the advisor <clears throat> i was bugging uh i was bugging you and meets and a few other people i think around like 2018 or 19 because the writing was kind of on the wall um, I didn't think it would get as big as it got, though. I thought it was going to stay kind of a an underground thing. Mm -hmm. And then there was a, just that big flood of, like, crypto bros that came in that started, like, minting, like, cartoon profile pictures of, like, stupid-looking apes and stuff. And yeah. then it kind of, it went in, like, a, I don't know, it just shot into, like, a really weird direction. And I think that's why it, like, it didn't, in my opinion, it didn't burn out. I think that we're going to see another NFT boom in 2023. But I'm I'm crazy. Like everyone I say that to thinks I'm an idiot. Um, but I don't think it's over. 
Well, this is going to be a clip someone listens to. Yeah, that's the. This is going to be the the short clip I'm going (laughs) to. The short clip I'm going to cut out and save. I I think the NFT. I think the NFTs will be so ubiquitous that they won't be valuable in and of themselves. They'll just be used to document and track all digital assets online. In fact, my view is that all your digital assets will be stored online, and they will be all the files will be stored on the on the internet on the on the uh, on a blockchain. And then the tokenization will be used to grant access to and use and, you know, will be used for uh, like licensing and all that kind of stuff or, or opting in or out of things. I think so that's good. The trading of NFTs will still be there, but it won't be the primary use in, in my view. Right. Yeah, probably. That's, I mean, that sounds, that's really what it's most useful for is, is uh, keeping track of things and, and uh, you know, automatically doing things for you without having to well, it, go it, through another it does party. a couple of things it 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 proves origin <clears throat> from the mentor if, you, if you're minting your own artwork you can prove that when somebody buys an nft buys one of your nft pieces they can always trace it back to the creator right mm-hmm. right and it, it proves ownership so you can prove that you have the ownership as it's but it held in your wallet address, that sort of stuff. Right. It doesn't stop someone else from minting it though and saying that they minted it and that they own it, that they've made it, that you know. Yeah, that's true. But if you mint your piece before it gets put out into the public, there's nobody gonna be able to mint it before you. That's true. That's and true. my guess is that there will be um, automated programs that scour the internet and looking for duplicates to eradicate and pursue yeah. for copyright infringement, that sort of thing. Well, I'll say, I mean, I didn't want this to be all about NFTs, I, I, but I did want to, because it's something that we haven't, I don't know, it's like, we all kind of started doing it at the same time, uh, and it kind of blew up quickly, and then it died quickly, sort of, and, uh, and, I, and I haven't really addressed it that much since uh all of the all of the uh i don't know kind of positive things i was saying about it in the beginning because i was so excited about it and um i don't know i just thought it'd be worth bringing up since we all experienced it together kind of but yeah i'll tell you the thing that um i became very uh i didn't i I just i got really disillusioned at the culture of the the nft culture it was very (laughs) like you know, at first I was excited about it and it was, and it, like I said, it was very inclusive. Everyone was like welcoming to you. And then it just, you know, felt like it got more clicky and culty and, uh, less about the art. And, you know, maybe it's just me having a different perspective on it and it didn't, I was the one who changed, I well, don't know, but it I seemed agree. like it got, it got more, it got weirder and, and there was a lot of, um, assholes in it it's just and it's like you know i like memes like anybody but i'm not into like meme culture is like it's not meme culture i'm not into meme culture as a as it's it's like it's too lame to be it's too vapid it's like (laughs) fast and it's not put a little uh meme below you it just says boomer vibes on it 
it's just i don't know it's like uh no i i hear you man i was getting the same feeling but i i what it is is just that it's it's a different it's a generational culture it's a culture that grew up on the internet yeah yeah I you get, know and, I and so that. they but and they have a different way of being but, but what also happened is as the nft market started to unravel and decline like the, what was left was just a bunch of just crass nonsense and, yeah. that, and he started to see become more apparent. Yeah, and it was like I thought it was too self-referential too. I found that really like obnoxious. Where it's just like you're you're just you're making art about the art that you're making. You're making art about oh, the yeah. scene. You're making art about the memes that are popular. It's just like that's not what art is about to me. But, you know, I'm not into that. I'm not, like, deep into that. So maybe if you're deep into that, that is what you're all about. You're all well, about memes you know, and stuff. But but it's like, you know, art is about digging deep and, and trying to connect with something yeah, real. Yeah, so it's not and, for us, really. It's yeah. like we're not something that we're going to – like, I'm not going to make paintings ba- based on uh, NFTs. Yeah, or Bitcoin. Know, and, or, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. So so there was a, a number of things I didn't, didn't feel like – I mean, I'm not – not to say – I'm totally out of it because I'm still on Twitter. I'm still watching things. I didn't leave the space. I just like the last two things I put up didn't sell. And I'm not just going to keep minting new pieces and, and bugging people to buy them. It's just not what I do. I'm not, it's like not, I don't yeah. think it's a smart way. It's not a well, smart I stopped, I stopped really trying to sell them all together. And I started giving, I started minting on, other, on another chain and giving away to collectors of my artwork as a way of just trying to like, yeah reconnect with people and reach out and get people used to the technology and and you know a lot of this and it comes down to this this is a thing about the ai that's come come around too is like the first concern that usually pops up is like how do we make money on this and where's the money going to come from and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing And, and when i started thinking about nfts without thinking about the financial incentive and i started thinking about like well what does this technology actually do and how can i use it outside of trying to make money with it uh it became pretty clear that there's there's usefulness in it and, oh yeah definitely and, and certifying and in and, and tracking origin and authenticity and ownership but the thing that isn't clear is like a lot of the as as crypto is taking a dive is what chains are going to be the most useful going like what what's going to be useful like where should i mint it mm-hmm. you know wh- like so like my my thinking is like i want to you know, either completely stay up, keep my artwork off of, <laughs> off of blockchain until I know where it's going, or I want to mint everything. Like I want to put my entire body of work as minted online as like a sort of a capsule of my collective collection of work. So that if this, you know, if we don't burn ourselves up in climate change, <laughs> that this is on, on an immutable blockchain for eternity as long as we have computer networks. Mm-hmm. But for that to work, the, the actual files have to be on chain. And right now, the files are stored on servers like the right. FTX servers, which are now in bankruptcy court. And all the people that had images stored on their servers are out of luck. Their, their, their tokens might point to a question mark with a 404 sign on or yeah that's a kind of an, that's kind of another thing that ha- happened in the huge bummer in the whole nft space or the crypto space is so many like so many <laughs> crash Scam crash people. scams and crashes and burns and yeah. people getting ripped off like major major shit that's just like doesn't it, it make you worry every time there's like 
an individual championed at the head of something that something is going to crash and burn. Yeah. Like yeah. We, we create a golden calf in the, like Twitter. In the, in the, yeah. Like <laughs> yep. Twitter, like, like a lot of these, a lot of these things that are, that are run by really rich and powerful individuals. I think mm-hmm. they're, I think what the NFT and AI revolutions are, are bringing, you know, crypto in general is bringing around is it's taking the power away from you know, like them and letting everybody have a piece of the pie and you're seeing people freak the fuck out and you're seeing it unravel and the system's changing. That's, that's how it looks to me anyway. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean letting everybody have a piece of the pie? What are you saying? Well, when you can own the network, so like the internet right now is controlled by big tech, like right. social media platforms who who control a big <clears throat> portion of traffic and people go there to meet and they collect data. And so it's a lot of what happens online is owned and directed by big corporations. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the, the interesting thing about blockchain is it, is it allows everybody to own a part of the network. Oh, right, right. But yeah, it, yeah. Okay. It also allows you to own your own, your own data, which is going to undermine right. the power structures that are going on. Which right is now. great. Right. Yeah, that's true. But it also allows you to do all kinds of, you know, it's like, there's this whole, this whole decentralized thing that NFTs and crypto are, are sold on as decentralized as this amazing thing. Um, you know, there's also this really bad side to decentralization, which is like people getting completely ripped off and, uh, easily getting ripped off for billions of dollars, you know, terrible criminal activities, just scammers. It's like, you know, we have this idea that, you know, if the government and the power structures would just stay out of our way, we could, we're all, we could all behave and, Everything would be good, and it's like no, no, no. That's why governments exist, is because people are. Uh, uh, there's a a lot of just horrible people out there that'll ro- well, rob you blind the first chance they get. I know? agree, and I think that <clears throat> oftentimes the people that are saying that we should self govern, they're at a um, a brain state, and they have an IQ power to probably self govern, but they're not taking into account the other, you know. 300 million people. Right. And That's a thing. It's pe- like, yeah, some people don't self govern very well. I feel you know? like, you know, I, 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 I kind of feel like for, for myself, I'm not like, uh, I don't know. I don't take advantage of government programs. You yeah. know, I didn't take any of the loans, any of the, any of the loans during the pandemic. I, you know, I just don't, I'm not, I, I try and be self-sufficient but uh, it, uh, I don't feel like that means that. How do I want to say this? I, I guess I, I I don't want to say it though. <laughs> it's like I sort of I, I sort of feel <laughs> like edit it out later. Say it, edit yeah. it out later. <laughs> okay. I mean, personally, I feel kind of like yeah, I can understand being a libertarian, and I kind of live that way myself in a way. Like I feel like I do what I want if I'm not hurting anybody. It's all good. And, and, and I, I, uh, but I don't feel like that's a, it's a legitimate way to run a society. I don't think it works in a giant group of people like what self-governing just, yeah. Just like being self-responsible and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and not relying on. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, 
That's kind of how this, I am, though. I mean, I try. That's sort of how I am. But I. Well, but it's like you I, can't. I hear what you're saying. You can't like say this. Okay, so everyone else should be like that too, and and that's fair. You know, there, it's like, there's a real focus on the individual, and especially in U.S. culture. I, you know, I can't speak for all the other parts of the world, but we champion the individual being the sole responsible person for their success and failures. Right. And and uh, what I see mostly when people are wealthy and successful they like to blame the poor for being poor while yeah. taking the credit for being wealthy right and like they did it all themselves yeah it's... and that's just not the way it works like total bullshit so, man so people who are poor are often in this you know they are in circumstances outside of their control you know right. they may not have family they may not have education they may not have mm. a technical ability they may be injured there may be a whole number of things there's real emotional problems people have a psychological like not everybody can just go to work for 40 hours a week and do a job or whatever it is. Right. And the people who are wealthy or even, you know, I'll just for, for us who are successful artists who've made a career out of it, <laughs> we didn't, you know, it feels like we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps, but there's a, I didn't pave the roads. You know? <laughs> I, yeah, I had yeah. a good education. I, I had a supportive family. I had people yeah. like, every step of the way I can point to where I was just there. I didn't really do it all myself. I, right. I navigated, made certain decisions, but um, I don't know how much credit I can give myself for it. You I know? think that that's a strange thing about perception too, is everybody kind of views, everyone makes a hot take based on their own lens that they're viewing things through. Like I think even uh, Jello Biafra, I mean, I remember in one interview I saw, he had a quote that was something to the effect where he said, I'm an anarchist in my personal life, but we haven't evolved enough as a species right. for that to work in society. And I acknowledge that. Yeah. So I think that's basically, I, I, was my point, I guess. <laughs> and that, yeah. And I don't think you need to edit that out because from that context, it makes perfect sense. You're saying that you're able to do all those things. You're not advocating for an entire society, maybe to live that way. Yeah. It's, I don't know? think it's, it's, there's that, you know, that, that story, I think I sent you that story about the, a uh, group of people that started that libertarian city. Mm -hmm. Did I send you that? And the, the how the mm -hmm. the whole bear thing. It was like no. it, it was like it ended up. Uh, they 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 released bears. Like what no, happened? no, they got oh. <laughs> they they started a a little town in a mountain area, oh. and they didn't have any rules for anything. They didn't have rules for trash collecting. They privatized everything. They took over the city government. They privatized everything. So there wasn't, and there was no rules for like keeping your trash out. Oh, or, was that that, that cult that took over in uh, Utah and this, this town? I, I think I know what you're talking about. It was like a, it was like a, they were trying to make a libertarian, the first libertarian city or town. Oh, uh, this might be different. Yeah. I, yeah, no, it's not the one with, it's not the religious, it's not the, Oh, show. Yeah, no, 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 no. And I think so, I see where this is going, though. <laughs> no, 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 trash no. pickup. Yeah. And there was all these bears <laughs> and you had some people feeding the bears and you had some people oh shooting the bears and the bears just started coming into into peeps. There were people living in uh, uh, cabins and houses. And then you had people living just like weird hippies living in tents. <laughs> they were just throwing their trash out and shitting wherever. And it was just like a total disaster. Some dude wrote a book about it. Um, 
but it was just it didn't work. It didn't work because there was like you can't have a bunch of people just doing whatever the fuck they want because all these bears came in and it was like people were getting attacked and people's well, houses. Well, you, you heard it. You heard it here you first, guys. <laughs> Chad Zara yeah, said you, that if you become a libertarian, you get eaten by a bear. Well, it's it's like you know it was. <laughs> It's like in, in, you know, it sounds great until you put it in practice. It's like, until you know, the bears come. Yeah, until the bears come. Anyway, I just thought that was, that was pretty, a good example of something like that uh, in practice. But um, anyway. Dude, fuck living in a tent. Yeah, fuck that. Some people. That sounds horrible. I know. I know. I wouldn't want to live in a tent. I'm cold now in my garage. <laughs> like, I don't want to live in a tent. So, what's your, Josh, what's your, in, uh, before we get off the, the, the NFT subject, uh, you were in it before either of us. You're, you're a tech guy. Uh, people who, you know, Josh has been on the podcast before. We talked about, it's a first crypto ep- episode, actually, where we talked about crypto. Josh is a mu- musician. He's played with uh, Open for Tool. His band with arms uh, to the sun has uh, opened for Tool. They had, you know, Buzz Osborne produce their album they've got a bunch of albums really amazing band uh josh is a visual artist a cg guy super techie guy as well so uh and he does amazing recording and engineering totally totally amazing uh i can't can't believe it um you make me sound a lot cooler than i am the stuff sounds i remember you played me (laughs) that last album i was like this sounds as good as the last tool album and it was like you did it in your garage i was like yeah (laughs) really amazing but anyway that's where the tech stuff comes in. yeah it is incredible but um uh anyway so i don't know just your your take on seeing it because you've been in it earlier on than everybody are we talking crypto or ai now, crypto and NFTs Crypt- really crypto and NFTs before we before we move on to the to the AI topic. My my take on it is similar to what you said. You know, when something is cool and underground, then it becomes mainstream. It it starts to get a little lame. <laughs> and 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 my other take on it is uh, I think what Gabe said that when there's money involved, that just it's like it becomes a magnet for people to come in and take advantage. And I think that. Um, one of the things that that we have to work on in the crypto space and the nft community is um (laughs) continuing to find ways to make it safe for people to come in and invest in it if Mm -hmm. we want the prices to go up period um it's it sounds weird because it almost sounds like i'm opting for centralizing something that's supposed to be decentralized right Um, yeah yeah but we need to find some kind of a gray area there some kind of a middle ground and i'm not sure what that is yet um but i don't personally think the nft thing is completely over um i know there's a lot of people developing projects right now artists and such that are pushing boundaries and doing some innovative stuff and i think that will be what ultimately maybe revives it a little bit and i also think the nft thing kind of it follows the price of Bitcoin and Ethereum and such. Mm -hmm. And I think that when the price of crypto starts to go up again, which could be this year, could be 2024. I've heard like predictions all over the place. Like I've heard people say that 2023 Ethereum hits $10,000. I've heard people say that there's no way. I heard him saying that last year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, And that there's no way since Bitcoin, people are analyzing the way when Bitcoin dumped last time, they're kind of analyzing that wave. There's no real way to tell, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could use AI to analyze that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, but ultimately I think that when the prices of that start to go up, so will the other utilities and the other 
um, things that people do with the chain, you know, with the blockchain in general. Um, yeah. Hopefully it's not, hopefully that that'd be kind of a lame ending to the movie, you know, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, you know, what? It, it was a bummer because it was, it was weird that that whole experience, I was so conflicted on one hand because I was so excited about it. And I was so excited about the art I was seeing and what people were doing with the art and the potential of blockchain technology as a, yeah. as a platform for art, you know, like Gabe had all these crazy ideas about, uh, you know, minting all your assets on the, on the blockchain and having, having an image that's actually minted on the blockchain, having the video, having the sketches, all the you know, elements used to create the painting is, it's such a great fun. Well, cool idea for a collector you know imagine your nf you you put make a painting and you, you mint the nft online and that is the authoritative mm -hmm. image that is online and any other image that is online is a counterfeit right i love that and then yeah, for anybody that. to use that image like to train an ai model they have to get authorization through an nft smart contract to opt into your nfts and all of your images are etched, which means they can be traced all across the internet, copy and paste. Or, and or there's a everything, way. So everything traces back to right, you, right. rather than like I found my images on gambling websites, other right. things that or, I have no control over. Or yeah. even a way to somehow not be able to de to right click and save. Even you know that seems a possibility. Maybe I guess. Well, you could, you could, you could just always... start putting your stuff as 3D files on on online, like a take your painting and make it as a 3d model with a bump map to show the paint texture. There is no right click and save. Right. It could be an immersive where they could use an AR VR to put yeah, in like there. an AR. Yeah. Anyway. I, so anyway, but my point was that um, just the potential is great. It's amazing. I was seeing people, we talked about this before uh, artists that had, have been struggling for the first time in their lives, able to make a decent living people that were sick that were able to survive because they were able to make money selling NFTs and, um, uh, you know, s miracles happening in people's lives, right. And art artists lives specifically, but, but then there was also these hardcore libertarian right winger types <laughs> that were just like, <laughs> you know, I, I, people, I don't really care for that much. And, uh, uh, there was a lot of hate from the other side, from the people on the left, just hating it, hating mm -hmm. it. And uh, 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 the, some of the issues I talked about also with the kind of like, uh, you know, the self endless circle jerk, uh, NFT circle jerk yeah. and the toxic positivity. And, you know, there's just so there was it seemed like a a space of just these incredible extremes of positive and negative and people getting <laughs> ripped off and all their life savings being stolen. It was yeah. just insane. It was just insane. What I found funny about the, you know, as I look back at all this is like all the uh, <clears throat> responsibilities and duties foisted upon artists by people who aren't artists. Like I've like, you know, like you, when it yeah. was minting NFTs, like, Oh, you're burning the environment. It's like, like you were saying, finally, a lot of artists are finally find a way to make a buck. You know, they can't travel. They live in a place. Finally, they can make some money. And now they're being just shamed relentlessly because right. they're destroying the environment. 
you know, or or the you know, or when it's you get a pyramid into the scheme collectors, and you're just ripping people they, off. The and... collectors put all this press pressure about what you have to do to be successful as an artist, and what kind of community you have to build, and what kind of things you have to do, and like all these people who have never been in the art business telling you what what you right. should and shouldn't be doing. <laughs> and it's, it's just, yeah, it's just a not an unending, just uh, just what people you know, all artists should be. You know they should be giving back. They should be giving back to the community. As soon as they make money, they have to start buying from it. They have to be on Twitter Spaces five days a week. Right. They have to be like, like it just never ends. Yeah. And we have we have to look. We have to remember that when we discuss AI, also because you have all these people, like Chet said, that were especially like digital artists that already their medium wasn't taken that seriously. The most money right. that they could make was working in the pipeline doing concept art for like indie video games and film. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they're in a position where they can finally make money selling their own art. And then hence the, the, the recent debate of the AI. And that's why a lot of those people are irritated because it's like, well, what now? So, so I can't make money selling an NFT, you know, my job's being automated away. And obviously we'll get into that. I mean, it's probably not being automated away, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's you can see you can see the um the timeline there of how a lot of a lot of artists like especially the ones in the, that digital field and concept artists kind of feel like they've been just like pushed around a little bit the last couple of years, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then and then having this like huge up NFTs come, having this <laughs> yeah. huge opportunity. Oh my god, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity that I could finally make money with my digital art. Yeah. And then the whole thing kind of crashes and mm -hmm. goes down low, people stop buying. And then mm -hmm. AI just comes right on top. It's right, like, right, okay. right on the heels of it. It's like, and oh, and we by can make the way, image, and we're going to train it on your images <laughs> that we probably web crawled off of OpenSea, right? right. I mean, who knows? Right. Yeah. You know? So that that was kind of a, a terrible one-two punch for digital artists, especially. Well, I, I found that to be ironic because it happened to traditional artists too, but it just happened twenty years ago. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that's, that's true. That's a that's a one point that you brought up often in these text chats uh yeah you know uh talking about when I, when I first came to la in 1998 was to get into the feature animation industry and i wanted to be a background painter because it was one way i could knew i could make money on my art i could get a job and make money so that was my goal and i got here after four years of school <clears throat> and there was no studios hiring it, it was i couldn't get any position anywhere it, most of it was going digital almost all of it any traditional artwork was getting sent overseas i didn't really understand at the time i think the the that what i was wanting to do was never coming back you know like and at the same time the illustration world was being dumped on its head because of the internet right and the illustration community was up in arms because these stock houses like getty images were basically underselling and undercutting all the, all the, all the traditional artists in the scene and digital art was coming on and they could do it faster. Mm. And then on the top of that, all the companies hiring were just doing these massive rights grabs that would undercut the secondary residual incomes for secondary licensing. And I could, I could see it on the wall. Like you were never going to make money as an illustrator. Just start, cause I would just start now. If you were 20 years in the game, you probably had a name and reputation that was, you're going to be fine. But for somebody like me, I I might get one or two jobs a year that pay $600 and it'd be like a, uh, a really tight turnaround. And then they would want all rights in perpetuity for in, throughout the universe. Mm -hmm. so right. I guess maybe they foresee NFTs came, coming along. With, but 
it was it was rough and so you know my goal was to be you know make a living as an artist and i was selling my portfolio pieces on the boardwalk in venice beach i mean i've told that story many times but so i just started selling my art as art and eventually what i realized is like the power in creating artwork is owning the rights to your artwork the intellectual property and being able to control it um and this was before there was no internet i mean the internet was in its infancy back in 1998 99 i mean I didn't have a computer. So even if I wanted to be a digital artist, I didn't have the capacity to do it. I couldn't afford a computer. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't really want to be one anyways. I wanted to make paintings and drawings and stuff. So that's just, you know, I found, I just adapted to it. Uh, but computers and the internet destroyed my perceived career that I was going to pursue. It was just, it just became obsolete. It kind of did both for me. It's kind of weird. Like, so I was going to say on the topic of, of the visual art side, um, there's a documentary, I don't remember the name of it, but it's on Disney Plus about that, where they interview 2D animators that were kind of grandfathered in at Disney and how a lot of them, it was kind of like some of them, that was when they decided to retire because it was either learn the 3D software because they, they saw the writing on the wall that it was going that way um, and, you know, adapt and evolve or die, basically. So some of them just left and started their own 2D animation studios, which obviously, you know, didn't do well. And some of them went into traditional art and selling their paintings and some of them just retired. And then there was a few of them that learned 3D that are still, you know, working in the industry today. But, you know, it happened It happened from the 2D to 3D transition and in music, um, like on my end. So like when I went to school, I when I first went to recording school, they trained us how to mix records on like, you know, $500,000 recording consoles these big giant, you know, you're in the big room that looks like a spaceship and you're moving faders. Within like a year or two of me graduating <coughs> recording school, a lot of those places went out of business in LA. Like like a couple of the um, recording studios that I worked at or interned at mm. don't even exist anymore. Um, but it's weird for me because while the digital thing came along and oversaturated music where all of a sudden there's 40,000 people putting out an album every day on SoundCloud, I want to complain about that. But then when Chet was saying, oh, your album sounded as good as this, well, it wouldn't if I didn't have those digital tools, you know? So right. it's it's sort of like you can either learn the new technology and adapt to it and find a way to creatively use it in your own way, or you could completely poo-poo on it and not adapt. It, you know, it's it's just tough, man, with the AI. It's like, I see all sides of it, you know? I, I see how it's it's horrible for visual artists but i also see how it could potentially be like gabe's story and like my story with the digital music stuff where if they do adapt you know there could be even yeah. more opportunities in the future but i, I never really poo-pooed digital art or did people are making digital art like, because it didn't I, I, my mind wasn't thinking in terms of they're taking my jobs I, I i that didn't even occur to me at the time it might have been because i didn't have the you know, we had such weird connection via social media that we hear these arguments and then they became part of the public discourse. Yeah. And I just was not connected to that. My thinking at the time was like, how do I make some money off my art? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, Survive. The, the, yeah. It wasn't about yeah. like being pissed off at computers and digital artists for stealing my job and my career. It's like I, like I was like, I, like I was owed something. Like I didn't even understand that. <laughs> I still was under the delusion for a while that it didn't matter. I would, I could make art and if I could get hired, I could do it. Like 
you know, I could learn the tools if they had a computer, if I needed to, it was like, that was my thinking, but, but, uh, I was just, I didn't have the social connections. There was, there was so much working against me looking back at it Yeah. that, uh, you know, I, I just made artwork and figured out a different way to do it. And that, and, and then eventually I just focused on what was already, what was working for me rather than trying to like learn a whole new thing to, to fit into a new system. It's kind of cool though, because you, you stayed the path of an artist in general and you're like, well, no matter what, I'm just going to keep walking this artist path. It wasn't, it sounds like there was never a time where you're like, you know what, maybe I should go to law school. It was more like, no, I'm going to keep walking this path. And eventually Gabe could have been a lawyer too. That's yeah, he that's why I said law school. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good arguer. And he he would have done really well. Well, when I was Probably going through all this it. stuff with illustration, I, I, I got ripped off a few times and I had to learn what actually copyright law was and how it worked. And I was on this uh, website called the iSpot with I for illustration. And it was basically a, a, a marketplace to promote your illustration to art directors and stuff. And they had a forum on there and they had a, a copyright attorneys answering questions about copyright law. And so I got a, I got a really good education about how all that worked. And, and so I wouldn't get screwed over with licensing contracts and what kind of things to avoid and stuff. That I never learned in art school. And to touch back on your point, Josh, about, you know, mixing on these big tapes at, at, a, at a school I think schools always teach you about 10, 15 years of yeah. what was already in <laughs> yeah, the past. Old, old like, tech. like when I started in my freshman year of college, we were doing hand lettering. I mean, like Dude. I already knew nobody had a computer, but I already knew that computers are going to take over that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. there was, like we're doing, we're making mechanicals with cellophane and stuff. I'm like, yeah. what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> my nobody does this. My friend's kid came and stayed with us recently. He's a musician. And he like sat down at, at my desk and he, he opened up Ableton and he just started doing all this like high level mixing stuff. I'm like, how'd you know to use that filter? How'd you know this? He's like YouTube. And he shows me the YouTube channel and it's like a 13 year old. It's like, all right, guys, if you really want this track to slam, here's how you're going to EQ this kick drum. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, I wish I wish that, that that had been a thing back oh, when man. I was pursuing it. I'm too old, but um <laughs> Like nowadays, I mean, I tell my own kids this because they're both, you know, right on the border of being teenagers. I'm like, unless it's something that you have to go to school for, it's like specialized, please. Like if you can learn it on the Internet, please just learn it on the Internet. Don't waste your money. Yeah. Yeah. When it comes to learning a tool like, you know, programs, well, yeah, you can. Any art education, it requires the information's online what they don't provide you is deadlines and, and, uh, a, um, sort of discipline. Right. Self-discipline, then that's going to be your biggest thing. Up. For sure. For so sure. Gabe, you, you, you went on kind of a, an AI tear for a while there. Like you, you were just like not <laughs> talking to anybody. <laughs> you were not talking. Yeah, the, was, we almost it, had an intervention. Yeah. We were like, <laughs> what happened? What happened to Gabe? And I, I was like, well, I had, I had, uh, I had, played around with it like about a year ago you know and it was cool it kind of gave you some cool results and i'm like oh this is you know like it looked like palette knife stuff like i'm gonna try palette knives on my paintings more you know like and so it's like it was kind of a just a really neat toy mm -hmm. and then uh, version four came out and all of a sudden it was providing just these wild images and i started learning how to to direct it in certain ways and getting these crazy results and i could just visualize and, and conceptualize ideas ad nauseum and do it felt like i was doing 20 or 30 years worth of 
idea spitting out in a matter of an afternoon. It was like, I could never have done this much work. And it was just, it, it is, it's, it was, a, it's, it's intoxicating. It was like, it was like imagination crack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so I don't, and I, I could like just that. see how, how this could be so useful in, in, in creating artwork and just leveling up. And it, it started to make me think about my own production and, and, and started feeling like, man, maybe I should be challenging myself more. Like I should be concepting more, you know, like using, you know, like it made, it made me re- think about my work as a challenge. Like, how many more things I could be thinking of, like how much bigger I could be thinking. And I, and it hadn't even occurred to me, I wasn't thinking that big. Mm. And so it just really spurred my imagination. And, and so I saw really how useful it was to come up with things that I had never seen before, like just to smash ideas together, you know, on prompts and then how to use those prompts to, you know, how to curate and direct what you're getting, what the results you're getting. <clears throat> until I'd come to the point where I found out that there was real limitations of what you could get. Like I, I had a real specific idea that I wanted. Like, so I was playing around, I was at my parents' house and I was doing this and I was visiting them. And my dad's like, make me a dragonfly being worked on by a mechanic ant, a mechanic cockroach and a mechanic fly. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I tried to start to do that and I could not get it to do that because what it couldn't do was differentiate between, first of all, what a dragonfly, a, a cockroach, and a and a and a all these different characters, it, it all would do is make them all a mash of each other. It, I couldn't get the separate. I couldn't get them separated. Mm. Then I couldn't get them to to do things interacting with each other. So there was real limitations of that. But I got some really cool outputs out of that. Yeah, they were cool. And, and then and then uh, you know the other thing is like, it, for whatever reason, it can't draw hands. It, it just can't. Like hands are just like an anomaly, yeah. and I, I can I have ideas like about why life. that is. What's that? <laughs> it's just funny. It's like it's just like real life. It's like the thing that artists always struggle with is hands, you see people do drawings that are new and they stick the hands in the pocket. You know, like <laughs> any, anything to not have to render a hand. It's like AI is the same way. They're like, let's not do these hands. Guys. Yeah, it is funny. So one of the things I wanted to try to do is see if I could get it to make an image and then do a reverse Google image search and see if it was copy if it was pulling anything directly from online yeah that's and i did a couple of outputs and it got he got zero results back that's what meets was saying he did that for like a year he said he was trying to get he got zero and then i was trying to recreate artwork that looked like my artwork and i couldn't really do i got close but it it wasn't through using my name or style prompts it was by using certain word prompts Hmm. Mm -hmm. and i figured out and i started to realize like what i used in my imagery that is if you were to describe it would be these certain phrases, which I'm not going to tell anybody. But they're obvious, really. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but one of the things I did when I started getting into it is I, I, I bought the commercial license for Midjourney, so all my prompts images would be private. So I don't like, like I realized one of the things that started to occur to me is like, what's going to be the golden AI is knowing how to engineer your prompts and how to craft them and how to manipulate them to get certain outputs. But now I'm to the point where I think that the results are so they're, they're, there's a really um, a seductive and deceiving nature to AI outputs for images, and they look fantastic and they're dazzling. Too but easy, when you man. look at them closely, they fall apart. They're always sort of stale, and then they give average results. You'll see the same types of results. They love giving portraits and head and shoulder shots of mm. people, and you can do all kinds of different, you know, Byzantine disco, you know, 
uh, whatever. You can you can mission mash all these things, but it'll always give oh, there's the same sort of characters, that, and it 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 doesn't break compositional rules. It doesn't do th- you can't you can't get it to do anything specific very right. easily. At least at least in Mid Journey, I mean, you can maybe take images and refeed them back in and do things. Yeah, but, stable diffusion. But I I found that like the results that it gives are as dazzling as they look. I can't I can't get what's in my head to come out of AI. I found like when I put my robots in there, I and I remixed them, that was where I had the most fun playing with mm-hmm. it. Those are cool. Because it would it would show a bunch of weird variations that maybe I hadn't thought of. But same thing, mm-hmm. if it wasn't just like a um a bust from chest up without hands, it came out real wonky, like the arms and the legs would look funky and um I don't know, whenever I play with it, like you said imagination crack. To me, the only feeling I could associate with it is it reminded me of playing with a Ouija board. Like it was like this weird, like spooky, like I, I don't know. There was just something. There's something strange about playing with AI. Yeah, as soon as you think of some weird phrase or things like, I wonder yeah. if that does an AI. Just, <laughs> and it just that, exists. That, that's more it's, of a novelty, though. It's, it's like kind a of a trip, use. man. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, you. So, Gabe, you were going really hard at it, and then you kind of were like. It seemed like you your your tra- trajectory was like, yeah. and then you went, and, and then and you went the way battle. back down, and you were like, you know, I don't know about this. Yeah, I don't need it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like I now what is what I've found myself doing more now uh, recently. Well, I've been doing it for a while, but I, I it's like you know what, what the limitations of AI generators are is its data set. It's limited to what's found on the internet, and mm-hmm. I started to you know as I was getting into quasi arguments with other artists on online was that they're getting all the reference from the internet. So even if their images weren't trained on, most of their references are trained on. So you're going to get the same sort of results. Right. That's, and that's and they were, point. they were going online to get their reference while complaining about an AI generator using images online to train itself. And I thought that was kind of ironic because, you know, I, I hadn't really thought about this, but like almost Everything that I do in my paintings, I set up all of my own references. I, I set up models. I set up lighting and wardrobe. I do all the angles, and I set up every reference myself. It's not online. Mm-hmm. And not even all of my paintings and drawings are online. You know, Some of the better ones are, but most of them aren't on, on available on the public. Uh, that's kind of cool, website. actually. It makes it where you'd be really hard to rip off. Well, that's, that's the other thing that you get to is like, well, you know, the other people I found complaining, a lot of them were like, they're making fan art. They're using trademark characters like Spider-Man and Superman, and and they're making digital art based on other people's intellectual property. And then they're getting really complained that they're getting ripped off. And so <laughs> I was, I would point out the irony, and then I, I had a bunch of artists pissed off at me that I didn't support artists. I'm like, dude, we're all in the same boat. Yeah. You know, if they're ripping off anybody, it's like the other thing is like all the imagery that is online when you go and put your stuff on Facebook or Instagram, they explicitly in their terms of service say that we're going to use this to distribute to third parties yeah, and track you and all those other things learn about you and all whatever. I guess we never knew how the implications of, of what that really meant. Well, how, you just put I, your image I, I did because it was a, it was a fight back in the late, in the early two thousands with illustrators and Google was using image search to surf yeah. up their images off the internet. Yeah. But nobody, bit, nobody could have expected 
AI mid journey. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you have any idea 10 years ago that mid journey would be like, no, it is but now? back in the day, I was more upset about anybody trying to use my image without crediting me. And I was on MySpace track me. I was like, you didn't put my name on this. <laughs> and eventually, eventually I realized that you have to be, once you put it on the internet, people are going to do with it what they want. You put yeah. up a low res, you know, you can put watermarks, but then it's like, who wants, it's like, look, you're going to have to allow a certain amount, you know, there's going to be a certain amount of, thievery and hooliganism online mm -hmm. and people are going to take your images and do shit with it and you can spend all your time tracking it down and chasing and thumping your fist on the table and demanding payment and credit or you can just when it comes egregious and somebody's doing something egregious you go after that and then everything right. else you just let it you go don't, you can't worry you'll drive yourself nuts yeah if you, i agree if you're chasing that down i agree with what you said about um you know you can look at an artist art that they use ref and their artists change just enough where they're not ripping off the ref, but it's inspired by an AI. I think it's similar. The biggest difference is obviously that AI can do it 8,000 times faster. And I think that's what scares people is, wow. I mean, it's just, it's so fast. You but know? AI isn't really ripping off. I don't, I don't, here's where I don't get it. I don't, if you draw hands a thousand times, you can draw it from memory. You can look at hands, you can look at pictures, yeah. but once you draw it a thousand times, you don't need to look at the pictures anymore. It's in your memory, your latent space. And that's how AI works. It, yeah. it trains on the pixel information in each image and to where it understands what pixels are like I for agree. the hand. That's the reason it keeps fucking up hands because there is no average hand. A face always has two eyes, a nose, and a mouth, and they're always in the same sort of proportions. But a if hand you look is at always doing something. I agree, but if you look at if, if if we're looking in terms of comparing a human to a computer, our brain has a GPU of you know 1080p and a hard drive of 100 gigs storage space, and these computers that make the AI it's like a zillion terabytes and you know a 4090 GPU, like it's just so fast. And, yeah. and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying it's just so fast, and I'm not sure. Yeah. It's it's sort of like AI in terms of art. Now AI is going to disrupt every industry. We can get into that. But in terms of art, it's kind of solving a problem that I, that didn't need solving. Like I don't know, I don't know why we need it. Like what what's the well? Point? I think it's creating a problem in this sense because it's going to make people lazier. And it's not necessarily a problem for me right. or a problem for people, but. <clears throat> um, I, I can give you just sort of a, a, a weird example. Imagine the internet went out. You know, nothing else was wrong in our society, but we didn't have any internet or computers anymore. How yeah. many artists would still be able to be artists? Not, yeah, not, not many at that point. I, I would. You would, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, well, and I think that's, man, and I was talking to, to a, a mutual friend of all of ours recently about this an argument can be made that if there is ever a time to really double down on traditional art and picking up a paintbrush or a pencil and, and getting good at being a good draftsman or a, a, just a traditional painter, like an argument can be made that now's a great time to do that. Um, because the human touch and the authenticity of something created by human hands, yeah, it, it's inevitably going to become more rare, right? If everyone well, and their mom can pick up a phone, like literally my mom, does it can't draw at all and she can pick up a phone and be like you know a dog in a superman suit flying through space in 4k boom there it is you know when everyone does that 
it's not magic anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and the magic will almost be the human hand. I think, I you think, I, I think most people won't care to be honest with you. Well, but, that's but what's it, scary but, though. Right. But the, well, that's what I'm getting at. The three of us understand the, the, the uh, sort of rush and the, and the feeling of manifesting something out of nothing with your own two hands, whether it's on a, on an iPad or on a piece of paper with a pen and ink. Right. Right. And so I feel like I'm, I'm doubling down more so on drawing from life. I, I, even I'm looking at my references that I use and I realize like I even rely too much on my references to shortcut to the painting yeah. instead of spending even more time drawing from life, drawing from imagination Smart. and really, and really be, before I even commit to anything on a canvas or even go out and start setting up my references, I have my idea, my vision really nailed out. I don't think it, you know, in the long run, it doesn't matter which way you do it, but this has spurred me to really hone my traditional skills of drawing and painting. But of, of, I want to go paint from life. I want to do more drawings from life. Like, cause that's where the data set that I'm training on. Right. You know, I'm not looking at, he's like, I, I want to get away from relying so much on reference photographs that I want to rely on my own personal point of view and experience, which an AI will never have. And I think that's one thing that as artists, we all have is our point of view. I agree. I think that that's kind of what scares me about it too, is we already live in this society of instant gratification where people are so used to just having things immediately. You know, I, I struggle with this, like being a dad, it's like with everything my kids have gotten into, like um, a shared hobby that we have, Gabe jujitsu, things like that, that take a long time to get good at. Or my son is learning guitar and, and he's like, how long is it going to take me to get good? And it's like, don't even think of it that way, you know, <laughs> yeah. because if you think of it that way, you'll never get good because it's not an instant gratification thing. It's literally a marathon, not a sprint. And I guess that's kind of another issue I have with AI. Um, and I don't mean to bash AI either. I'm, I'm more on the side of it being advantageous eventually, but in terms of visual art, like you're sort of robbing yourself by typing in that prompt and getting that image and sharing it on Instagram and getting a thousand likes that might satisfy some, you might get some dopamine drop or whatever, but you're kind of robbing yourself of the experience of creating something out of thin air. It's magic. There's like a magic in in creativity and you're completely robbing yourself of that. You know, it's one thing if you're already a, a good artist, like, like you two, and use AI to ideate, like you said, and concept like a thousand images and be like, you know what? Like, I really like the way this image looks. I'm going to riff on that in my next painting and create some new world out of it. That's kind of like collaborating with the machine. But when you don't learn any art and you just prompt and you, and you release it and say, this is my art. That to me, that's so fucking annoying because well, I, I do it both ways because when you're doing that, it feels like you're doing it. It feels like, cause there's, there's a lot of things you can do with prompting that, that does affect the outcomes. And so you do curate and you do meddle and interfere with what's going on. And it it does feel like you're, you're part of it anyway. Uh, And I, I agree. What's missing is like that sort of like, I discovered this with my own, just my own meandering. I did it. I I created it. But the other side too, is it's bringing this uh, aspect of creating, creativity to people who didn't think they could be creative and so it's getting people interested in imaging and making yeah. art and, yeah. and so i think in, a, in that term it's good it's 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 allowing everybody to have access 
But look what happened with NFTs when we did that. What's that? <laughs> look what happened with That's NFTs true. when we did that. Well, a lot of the people who rose to, a lot of the things that rose to popularity and fame in the NFT market was, was a bunch of people who discovered they were artists when NFTs became a thing. Right. No, I understand. And people with marketing backgrounds that came in and became artists, you know, like it. What did, what did that guy say, Chet, that being good at AI art is like the ultimate participation trophy or something. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was one of the anti, yeah, anti. Uh, I like that. Yeah, that was funny. I, 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 you know, it's like when I see a really cool piece of AI art, I, I have to say, um, I think that's really. I mean, I own an and the. I think the first uh, NFT I bought was an AI NFT. I have an AI NFT too. It's, it's like an animation and, and a, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, oh God, I gotta get the name of the artist. So yeah. um, it's re- and it was really cool. And it just hit me like a, like a piece of art does. Uh, Ill- Illustrata. You can yeah. look, find this. Uh, uh, I, uh, I think it's a, a, a woman Illustrata um, on Twitter. Uh, it's an amazing piece, but, I was going to say is like when I see, you know, when I see a great painting, I'm like, wow, I think of, wow, that's an amazing artist. And when I see a great NFT piece, or <coughs> great uh, AI art piece that I like go, wow, that's great. I think like, wow, that's the AI is amazing. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like yeah. I, I put more of an emphasis just. And, you know, <laughs> naturally on the, on the technology, like, wow, this, the AI technology is so amazing. And it's like, you know, they, I just, uh, and that's not to say that there are some, I think there are some AI artists that, that are doing really interesting things, but you know, for the well, most, uh, meats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Meats. Is if, doing- if anybody's going to find a way to use AI, and infuse their own creativity and do it in a way no one else does it and make true art with it. It's yeah. going to be him. There's a few. I, I there's. Well, it's going to it's going to well it's going to be people who don't just stop at a at a prompt result. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to take that prompt result and you're going to turn it into something else. Like one of the things I did is like I I used the AI to create a a clown car, and then I found another AI that would take a 2D image into a 3D model, and then I can make that into a 3D model which wasn't wasn't perfect but then i can go and modify and you know edit it and do things with it and turn it into something and so what it does is it it gives you a, first of all it gives you the first bounce off the ground of an idea and it gives you uh some of the pipeline to work throughs that doesn't require you to spend three days on on a tedious task of modeling something yeah. that can be done automated like like you know although i've been getting into 3d modeling and digital sculpting a lot so i understand I can appreciate the, the work and effort it takes into doing it by hand. And I think that knowing how to do it by hand, like doing topology and all that kind of stuff is going to make you a better at using AI artwork too, because you're going to know what things need to be shortcutted. You're going to know, have the critical eye and technical skill to then uh, uh, modify it or, or make changes or make edits to things. And that's go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, that's where I agree with meets is that, Eventually, there'll be um, people that get jobs as concept artists, but another thing on their resume will be that they operate AI. So I think the people that will thrive the most in it will be people that already had a background of art, someone that understood good perspective and anatomy and technical ability. Um, 
because then, like I said, it's more like you're collaborating with the machine. You're not solely or using it as a tool, you know? Yeah. It's just another tool in the toolbox at that point. I I, I think if, if you're a digital artist that works in a production pipeline or, or any other corporate, uh, uh, you know, art job, it's going to be imperative that you learn AI just like it was for Absolutely. 2D animators to learn 3D if they wanted to continue in the field. That's just going to be something that, you know, you may not have to rely on it as much, but knowing how to use it and, and uh, just to keep up with everybody else who's using it. I, I would because implore somebody that's getting into that field, learn it. It's going right to be the now. artists that know how to use it and know how to have the critical eye and know how to come up with the ideas and all that kind of stuff. Fix all Another one's going to be able to utilize it better. I want to say this before I forget it again, because I almost forgot it. I was watching, I forget what it was. It was like, I think it was a documentary. I don't remember which, I wish I could remember the documentary, but the, the person being interviewed said, artists will create art with anything. If, if you have the artistic temperament, someone could put you in a room with, some rocks and uh, uh, you know a piece of wood and an artist is going to make art out of it somehow. Hundred percent. And it's like, and in that respect, AI can be the thing you create your art with. I really, sure. I really think that it's like it can be if you're into it. If you want to, it could be that it could be your medium, you know. But 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 I feel like the uh, it would have it really needs to be it needs to have a lot of effort put into it to make it really unique. I think that one thing that people are annoyed with or people are even tired of already is the low effort AI art. Yeah. You can see it's like the low effort AI art looks amazing, but it's like, it all has a kind of a gen generic look to it. Mm -hmm. And I've already heard, I've keep hearing people complaining that it's like people that are, don't really have skin in the game are just kind of like, yeah, I'm sick of seeing all this AI art in my timeline. It all looks the yeah. same, you yeah, know, it kind of all looks the same. So I think That's it is a valid, a valid, you know, tool, a valid medium for art. I think it could be another art form of making art. Sure. You know, along with all the other ones. One of the other expect expectations foisted upon artists is that it must take a lot of work and it must be a sacrifice <laughs> to produce. Like, you know, like in, I don't know about you, Chad, but like one of the questions I get a lot is like, <laughs> how much time did it take you to do this? Yeah. And yeah. I can't figure out if they want to know. 30 years. Like, <laughs> if they're impressed with how fast I can do it or if they want to know if, if how much I'm making per hour. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's an entire it, lifetime. Well, yeah, it's not, I mean, it's, it's not so much the, um, that a certain amount of time needs to be put in is it's as much as like, you know, the artistic process is <coughs> the artistic process. I think for most, or at least, or at least for me in my, my perspective is you have an idea and you explore the idea and you mm -hmm. kind of let it, you follow the idea and you let it develop. And all of that stuff takes time and to get really like kind of a magic piece generally for me anyway, it's a process that takes time and you have to kind of, it's like, that's when it becomes like a magical sort of spiritual thing. It's like when yes. you, you start, you have a basic idea, you start developing it and then something new comes up that you didn't see in this kind of arduous process of making the artwork. And then you kind of follow that shape it a little bit more because you get this idea from something else. And then you get the idea for this amazing title that pops up because this thing you thought of, Whereas, yeah. you know, when you can make 8,000 things in five minutes, it's like, you know, it's, 
I guess it's more that's like when you're let, that's when you're letting the tool dictate to you. Too right. Much. And it, but it's it's kind of like a photographer, too. It's like photographers, mm-hmm. they take like a million photos and it's all about the process of going through and Editing. eliminating all the crappy photos and finding find the one the where good, the magic yeah. thing happened. So, you know, I just feel like in that way, it, it's a it it could be uh, just another another a new medium, a new and don't, medium. Don't you feel art. like. Don't you feel like also you're discussing kind of the emotional component? Like, like you said, like once you'd been painting a certain amount of time, I'm sure there was a point in your career where if you were sad, you could sit down with a canvas and convey your sadness or your anger or whatever emotion. Look at this and when dog. You, that's a beautiful dog. Look at that doggy. But, <laughs> but it's okay. I love dogs. But if you, um, if you. <laughs> Sorry, they made the loud noise. No, it's it's fine. If you have a computer do it, there's not a lot of emotion there. And I don't know. I I, I just think that's special. Yeah. It's transformative a little bit. I mean, I I agree on one hand. On the other hand, a photographer might take a bunch of pictures of of some kid eating an ice cream cone on the, you know, just some random that the kid doesn't even know he's being taken getting his picture taken and the job of the photographer is to take a bunch of pictures and then find the one that has the emotional resonance with them. Sure. And that's like their process. And in that respect, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe it can have the, the that comes down to, you know, having the eye, having a critical eye, which artists will have even when they're using AI. So the best results out of AI will come from people who have the, the eye. And a lot of people might have the eye for it. Don't have, technical abilities the eyes have it what's that yeah a dumb dad joke yeah but then i mean then there's anomalies (laughs) in that in that example too like look at uh the musician daniel johnston is that his name Mm -hmm. he's not this like technically like skilled guy but he's made like he's a he was a prolific guy that made all these albums that people amazing music too his songwriting wise they're like brilliant yeah all self-taught you know yeah so there's yeah, gonna be a point of view and and it resonates yeah. Yeah. and there's gonna be people like that with ai that that aren't they can't draw at all like they've never mm-hmm. drawn there's photographer, have, a lot of photographers like that yeah yeah you that, know? that you know that just have this unique perspective like uh, to be honest with you like i won't say any of uh, anything about gabe's ai that he shared in case it's private but some of the stuff you showed me, I was like, I can't believe that that came out of somebody's brain because mm-hmm. like your prompts and your, your brain and the things that you want to see visually are so weird and so unique that it's not even something that I would think of. And in that way, I was like, oh, that's pretty unique to Gabe. Like that's pretty. Well, unique. that was, that's what the fun of it was, is that it, not that you could just make some, but something in some, like in a style you've seen before, but you could. You could make something that you've never seen before and nobody's ever seen before. Yeah. And that was, that was just wildly entertaining to me. Yeah. So what about the, um, I, I think the main issue, uh, that, that a lot of artists have, although I think that a lot of it is anxiety, uh, about losing work yeah. is the primary issue. But the thing that's, that's, that's brought up is the uh, the ethics of using their 
copyrighted artwork. Even though you signed terms terms of service, we could not have expected that an AI program would be able to become what it has become. You know, we just could not have anticipated. I I I didn't anticipate it. I know most people didn't anticipate it. So there there is a feeling of um this ethics issue, uh, which I I think is kind of legitimate, whereas not technically illegal, and it's not ripping the artwork off it's not collaging it's not but it is an element in the training to the point where they needed to use it so that means it is a piece of the puzzle to create the ai that was necessary and for that reason it does feel like a bit of an ethical issue because if it's not if it's not a big ethical issue, then why did they need to use it in the first place? If it doesn't have any value, if it doesn't matter, then why would it need to be used? Well, how many images were used to train it? Like sixty three billion different images. Yeah, I thought it was like five billion or something, but but you're probably right. But yeah, yeah, that, that's a good point too. Though. That's, like, a, that's, like a good point. You... <laughs> that's a good like point. That's a good point. Just what it, what well, it does is it tries to create as much latent space as possible to start assimilating images and pieces together. I think if there's any ethical questions, it has to do with how people are using it. If they're invoking other artists' names mm-hmm. and styles, I think that's a kind of, that's, that's a bullshit move. I think if anything, the responsibility for <clears throat> these uh, models that are out, what you can do already is you can just make their, the names not usable. Like you can't use Chet Zar's name. If you want to make Chet Zar's artwork with AI, you have to figure out how to do it with with word prompts. Mm-hmm. You have to describe not it. with his name because so that, that is that yeah, is lame. Right. I think you should be able to trademark your name and own right. how it's used. And also, there's the uh, the issue of right now uh, people are creating models, custom models trained on certain artists' artwork and selling them, kind of like underground. I, I think mean, you're going to see yeah, a lot that's of litigation. Crazy. I think you're going to see, you know, that's like Napster. I know. So, yeah. you know, you know how when you put a, a video on YouTube and, and it has a song and it instantly knows that it's, even if you use like a fraction of a second of somebody's song in there, it's like, that's a copyright notice yeah. as a label. Well, there's no reason that that can't apply to visual art. If it can it, apply it's going to gonna take a while, but there, there were, I guarantee you someone's working towards that. I mean, it's just that the individual artists don't have the power that record labels do to, you know, to put pressure on companies, but, I, I think that there's no reason why that a copyrighted image can't be detected in the use of a data set and automatically be, you know. Yeah. I almost vision that AI is going to be like cattle. We're going to it's going to be branded. So anything that's output on a, on a on an AI will have a brand of being AI, and it'll probably all be tokenized on as NFTs on a blockchain. Well, China yeah. China blocked uh, banned AI, AI. without without a watermark you can't make ai in china without a yeah because it competes with its labor yep yeah and that's where china china's power government's power is it's cheap labor it, um, it screws its people i mean i don't know about china so but... i was gonna so <clears throat> speak on the the ethical question that you threw out there like so i completely um i do not agree ethically with the way that they trained the data set i think using artists work without having them opt in um, I think having artist names is even worse. Like what Gabe said, I think they should strike all artist names. Um, to play devil's advocate to myself, though, I will say that if you removed all the modern artists and only trained it on, you know, the old masters, 
if the modern art is inspired by the old masters, then eventually probably the AR AI art would look like <coughs> modern art. So it's, it's hard to say at this point, yeah. like it, well, it's, it's, it's probably already gone too far. I mean, there's already people on Reddit yet. Like, like Chet said, like offering like, Hey, you want a Frank Frazetta, Frazetta, you know, AI I've created it, you know, you can buy it off me. There's people creating those already. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a market for that now. It's dude, what a weird time. It's to a threat alive. to putting yeah. people's copyrighted works in the public domain. Imagine you're like all what's even a bigger issue. I haven't heard anybody jump up and down about us. You know, people who own Mad Max and Batman and Superman and yeah. all the stuff, and they're just being generated and generated, generated and put out. And, and those images, if they're not copyrightable, they're public domain, which means that anybody could use them. And all of a sudden, you have trademark and franchise, you know, uh, entities that are just being gutted. That was the Disney argument. That was the argument that people were making to Meats was, you know if you really want to find out like if someone will take legal action then start stealing Disney stuff. Cause they'll mm. sue anybody. And right. it was like, let's see what happens if people start selling Mickey mouse shirts, you know, where they're like, well, it's kind of a mouse. You know, it's but funny. It's I haven't tried mouse. to make any Disney stuff. A uh, few people have, I've seen, well, meets did Meats it. Meets was doing like it. A, and yeah, he's he tagging did. Disney. Just trying to, to get them, <laughs> trying to get them to like deal yeah, with home. it. Yeah. Get to her like comment on it at least. Yeah. The, uh, the, yeah that That's going to be a trip. <laughs> Yeah. Uh uh oh my god, I lost it. I had another good point. <sighs> Did you hear the Nirvana song that someone made, the AI Nirvana song? Yeah, that's that was a while ago. Yeah. That thing is from a while ago. Yeah. Just it's like... stuff like that, you know, and then the, there's a, a group in Korea right now that released an AI it was a music label that released an AI song and it topped the charts over there and it has like ninety million plays really? on Spotify. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, the dark horse is here with music too. Sadly. I, it's like you know <laughs> the AI thing's gonna disrupt I, it all. I I think of bands that I love that have broken up, and I can't deny that I would I would be interested in hearing <laughs> AI, oh, new no. new songs from a band that wow. is defunct. Wouldn't I you want to hear? Think of wouldn't you want to hear new new songs from Jimi Hendrix just for your personal for fun? Yes and no. Like then you get into the conundrum of like how they're remaking like Transformers movies over and over again, and there's no new ideas. Like I mean, just just yeah, as I, a, I agree. I, I, would, I think the power is in what can we do that's never been done before. But there's going to be a new Doors album matches. probably in 2025. That would be super interesting. <laughs> oh, and, and so weird. I know. I mean, but but it's a matter. And it's like that Ouija board thing I was talking about. That's why it reminds me of a Ouija board. It's like we're tampering with the the fiber of the, of, of it know, is i remember having a thought when i shit. yeah when i was first diving into it like really hard about a month ago of it being like pandora's box and be careful oh, it is not it to is. look into it because then you're tainted like yeah I, you know it was, there was some interesting thoughts i went through with that well you 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 uh one point you kept saying to me um because there was that period there i was really against it and you kept saying me to me that you should try it before you make a decision, and that was and that and uh, I I talked about that uh, I don't know on one of these podcasts uh, that really did change things a little bit for me, and I think and and that, and that's one thing that's I think is kind of a shame is that especially the art you know there's like name artists um, that are really against it, and and I and I I feel like they should try it I feel like everybody should try it. 
and and people are just like so against it on yeah, ethical well, grounds that that, that 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 they won't even use it to try it and and it's not like try it you'll like it it's more like try it so that you know what you're what you're talking up, about talking about basically yeah. so so you really know cuz you can't just look at it, you know you can't look at all this art and go oh my god this is you know completely going to rip me off and put me out of well, a job and it's like you have to see what it can do from your own personal experience yeah i really think it's kind of crucial to understanding it everybody should at least at least try the free versions that are out there you know and get an idea of, of what it's capable of. Yeah, the point I made to you was like when upset. we were tiptoeing around NFTs and what we thought about them until and the difference of once we got into, you know, minting NFTs and got into the into the game a little bit, the way that we understood it completely shifted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Oh, it's like you you talk about it, theorize and postulate all you want, but until you dive in and just see what it is yeah and, tr- and you, mint you, something and check out the community out yeah yeah, like, yeah you know it's kind of creepy to think about with ai so you have like chat gbp or gpt or whatever that you can say you know write me a script for blender that does this or that or write me a code that does this so what's going to happen when somebody says write me a code that infinitely spits out new artwork in the style of this and then uploads it to my store on Amazon for sale. Like it's going to be kind of weird when, when all of a sudden the market is just flooded with this stuff. And I think that's another thing that's overwhelming because we don't, we're talking about the prompt side of it and how that's the creative side. Google's already marking AI stuff as spam and it won't be allowed. You know, they're able to detect AI stuff. I guess what I'm saying is for us to even assume with the computers being so much smarter than us and well, not smarter, but faster, for us to even assume that it's going to need us to make the prompts in a year is a big assumption because I'm not so sure that, that it's going to need us. Like, I feel like it's, it's becoming more and more intelligent and then eventually. Well, that's yeah, that's, I mean, that is something that I've heard a lot of people say, I don't know if it's true or not, but they're saying that it's not eventually it's not going to need someone to run it. Although I don't know how, how it's, how would an AI come up with its own idea? I don't know. Well, not only that, but who is it making it for? Yeah. Unless it's training on all the data Facebook collected and it's predicting what you want to see. Right. Yeah. But is that, is that the technological singularity though that everybody talks about? I think if it got to that point, it'd just be like spam. Everybody'd be so sick of seeing it that it wouldn't mean anything to them. (laughs) That's well, that's Steven, Steven, Steven Zapata's, uh, in the middle part of his video where he's talking about this kind of AI dystopia. It's like, imagine that there is AI creating things that you really want to buy and putting them in your feed automatically. And exactly. every, everybody's, everybody's getting this yeah. and constantly they're getting things that they, that will resonate with them. And, and, and that's pretty grim to think about, but, but uh, you know, the, 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 the one through line of all this is uh, social media and being online all the time. You know, it's like if you're not online all the time, you don't have to well, worry about any of this shit. Thing I've, yeah. It's, <laughs> but everybody's online all the time. So it's like I've spent a good portion of the whole last year being completely distracted by trying to keep up with things online with NFTs and Twitter and all that stuff. And, and, and actually, 
if I am not online all of, and I spend more time making my artwork than trying to like see what everybody else is doing, trying to like constantly engage with everybody all the time. It's just like, it seems like I do better when my engagement is sporadic because mm. then you're not in circulation so much. And it's like, oh, look who popped in out of his hibernation to show us something, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's what happened with me on Twitter. It's like I went over to Twitter at the beginning of the year last year to start trying this nft thing and then when i went back over to facebook which is where i was kind of facebook and instagram were the places i was sort of doing uh, my, most of my interactions i realized how um overwhelming those platforms were for me like i you know twitter i was like didn't have as big of a following and so i didn't have people like constantly hitting me up and asking me questions about anything any number of things or having to respond to posts or having to respond yeah. to comments and every time i would go back to facebook or or the arguing and the fighting and it's just like it's been really hard for me to go back on those other platforms because i'm kind of enjoying the anonymity of twitter a little bit not having it's like it's a it's yeah. like less distracting it takes takes less of your time up you're also and, more of a celebrity i think that people at your level on Facebook, don't interact as much as you. You're the type that you want to. That was the thing, know. though. That was like yeah. that was how I got to the place I'm at now. Is like, exactly is like I always was like, why aren't these big names interacting with people? Now you know why. And it's like <laughs> now I know why. It's like you can't. It just gets to a point where there's you just can't do it, and then it yeah. just you know it would be like a full time job in itself to respond to every single yeah, DM. Yeah, I get overwhelmed. Well, it is. I think even the level that you're doing is probably a full-time job in and of itself, like with yeah, your Patreon yeah. and all this yeah. stuff and the podcast and you're very all this stuff. Yeah, it is. It is. It's uh, it's uh, it's insane. It's... I was going to say uh, with the topic of, of singularity too, like a lot of the top writers in that field predicted it like pretty close to like the year 2030. So I think we're going to find out either way <laughs> if they were right. I think that Yudkowsky guy predicted it for 2021. Did you yeah, watch so... that documentary I told you about yet? No. The, the, the Ray Kurzweil singularity. Oh, I need to watch that. You got to watch it. You got to watch great? it. It's great. Um, I watched a documentary last night about the beginnings of the internet and how it got started. It's called Who Stole the Internet? Oh, what was that on? Browser Wars and Amazon and Google. and uh, What was that Facebook on? And, it was on YouTube. It was just I was, oh, yeah, that's a that's you a guys a link. Oh, cool. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna. It's gonna be really. I think. I think the next few years are gonna be so weird. Yeah. Like, it it just seems like that that life. It, maybe it's that I'm getting old, but it just seems like life is just getting so weird. Yeah. Well, the internet's getting weird. Weird. The rest of life is going along. <laughs> yeah, it's true. If you're not online, it's kind of normal. That's the that's. That's the other strange thing about all this is like, it's true. If you're not online, it's so weird. People are just like at each other's throats, hating each other. Yeah. Very tribal. Nobody gets along. And when I go to the store or I go the few, the few <laughs> yeah, times I go yeah. out and see my neighbors, it's like, nobody's fighting. Nobody's no. everything is fine. I mean, I guess it's part of the, where I live maybe, but um, you no, know, you I don't, think... you don't see that kind of division in real life or i don't anyway maybe don't the younger bots. generation will handle the internet better than we did well yeah i, I was going to say don't bots outnumber humans five to one on the internet right now 
Yeah. So a lot of that stuff you're Did Elon ever get bots? to the bottom of that? <laughs> what? <laughs> Did Elon ever get to the bottom of the tw- bots oh, on Twitter? Yeah. No. He, yeah. He threw a big stink about it before he had to buy it. Now and then I never heard anything about it again. Yeah, I know. Until, until he lost a Twitter poll. And then he wanted to like. He probably <laughs> realized it was a losing battle. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, last year was the first time in history that bots outnumbered people on the web. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so I see. So that would make to, perfect sense. That unless you in the real world, people yeah, aren't fighting. Unless you know the person who's making the comment, you kind of have to assume it's a bot. At this point, especially if it's a, a name and a bunch of numbers part, behind it, all of our identities are going to be tokenized, and you're going to have to prove authenticity, and it's going to done, be done through your device. Right. That's my prediction. Just like, yeah. just like with the with your face recognition or the thumbprint, that's going to be your access to the internet. Mm. And you and you can do it. You can have a token that's anonymous. I think that sounds pretty it'll, centralized. It'll all be. It'll all be. <laughs> it'll be centralized through. It'll. It'll be a network that your on ramp is. You're centralized, man. <laughs> Don't centralize me, Gabe Leonard. <laughs> no, I was going to say during election time, like I tried to avoid the internet as much as I could. But when I'd see people debating, I saw like 13 people all fighting over one comment once. And I remember <laughs> clicking through each of their things just to see their profile. And I think nine out of the 13 were bots. So that's like hey, nine you... people that, that weren't real. I know. It's arguing crazy. With, you know, with like. Yeah. I see it all the time. It's like, you know, they have like zero or two or three followers right. or seven followers. And they have a name and a bunch of numbers at the end of it. That's mm-hmm. and that's. Uh, for some that's a bot probably and it's just like it's a lot and it's like people don't you know especially old people don't realize that these bots can like just answer questions and respond in ways that are super sophisticated our our text why can't they do something for me like (laughs) why can't they like clean my kitchen or something (laughs) (laughs) that was the whole idea of ai it was supposed to cut down on laborious tasks that nobody wanted to do like mundane uh, it's, shit. it's yeah. gonna be lying and cheating us before too long yeah i didn't need it to make like a 10 foot like frazetta painting for my living room <laughs> <laughs> like, i needed it to like vacuum well the, i mean the, this is kind of the um you know the 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 skynet yeah. the the dystopian robots taking over you know this is this is it's just like you know the villains we get are like Trump, you know, it's like, it's the, it's the lame ass shit that we get. It's like, nothing's cool. Like uh Terminator. It's like bots getting people to argue on Facebook is the, so is dumb. the dystopia we get. It's so yeah. lame. And, and <laughs> it's, so lame. it's like, it's the, it's the dystopia we deserve kind of in a it way. <laughs> it's very American. It's the American dystopia. It's off the internet. It's going to be, the internet's going to be an inedible, in an uninhabitable wasteland of bots and AI. <laughs> it's going to be yeah, Mad Max on the internet. It's going to be. You'll have to go to uh, seedy underground clubs and pay money like a speakeasy to use the internet. Or to just, use it without your thumbprint. You know. Here's a thought. Here's a thought. You could just actually interact with your friends online. How about well, that? that? What man. a crazy <laughs> idea. All you have to do is not, you know, ignore the bots. All you have to do is leave your house. That's not going to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. It's funny. What is it? On New Year's Eve, I'm like, I wish we could all hang out. And Gabe's like, 
well, there's nothing stopping us from hanging out tomorrow. And I'm like, well, motivation. Like, <laughs> we'd have to actually like it. leave our house. <laughs> well, look, we're hanging out now. And we're, we didn't have to leave our yeah. house. Yeah, well, I true. did. I left, left my house to my studio. <laughs> yeah. You probably get out more than anybody else because you have to go to your studio and it's outside. Of yeah, your I gave like travels to go to shows. Yeah. He goes to yeah. Yeah. shows. I like getting around. Hey guys, I'm gonna have to jump off here in a little bit. My headphones are about to die. Okay, yeah, this is a good time to wrap it up. Anyway, that was a fun conversation. Well, uh, thanks for talking. That was interesting and fun. So, um, happy New Year! Happy New Year! <laughs> happy New Year! We're like, we're like singularities coming. Yeah, no, I'm feeling good. Happening. Happy I'm, New Year, I'm guys. feeling inspired. I'm feeling inspired to get outside and do artwork and Me do too. it from draw and paint from life and bring it back into my studio and yeah, and just basically feed and rip off all the stuff that's in my in my in my experience and so that's what that's where AI has pushed me is to really dig deeper to yes. challenge me to, to to think bigger and to and to get more creative and like mm-hmm. i feel like you know like maybe i can outrun ai even though i know i can't but <laughs> yeah you gotta try I'm, I'm gonna, you gotta try you know, at i'm least. just gonna do the best I, artwork i can because if you, know, if you take the where's the money gonna come from question out of it and it's like <clears> how can i make some some yeah. the best art I can make and just focus on that. Right. And that's all I can do. Which I'm in the same boat. I want to, I want to do a lot of traditional art this year. I want to perform live with real musical instruments. You know what I mean? I want to do all the man-made things that, that I know how to do that have a human touch, you know, like getting off the internet and just going for walks and talking to other humans before it gets weird, weirder. I, 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 if I, here's, uh, I'll bring up this one last point before we go. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine who is, uh, very anti AI and he's an amazing artist. And, uh, he was saying, you know, his whole thing is like uh, art is who's got the airplane. It's a over. plane. Go okay. for it. <laughs> Mute, there you go. Uh, uh, his whole thing was like, art is this kind of magical thing that you it's like an interaction between you and the muse you know the muse is the thing that leads you on it's what you it's how you create your art it's just like almost a spiritual force in a way this mysterious force and he, his his thought was that the uh ai is like taking the place of the muse when the muse is the thing the the real thing and i was my thought was like well maybe if you if you kind of put it in these esoteric terms maybe the muse or whatever you want to call it the muse is this energy that wants to express art through people right let's just let's just say that that's what the muse is we'll call it that it's the spirit of art the art spirit or whatever maybe the art spirit wants everybody to make art maybe it's manifested because this muse this art spirit wants art to be accessible it doesn't give a fuck if your career goes down or not it doesn't give a shit about how much money you're making. It doesn't care about that. Its whole purpose is to express itself as art through people, however it wants. And so maybe it's maybe this thing, this weird energy got to a point where it's like, this is not enough for me. Just these artists sitting in front of their easels. It's not enough for me. I want more. We want more art. And so AI kind of like manifested from that. Well, I mean, that's beautiful if that's true, <laughs> but, but if that's the case too, then we need to also just a, just a weird, we need to also, thought. 
scale back the crazy capitalism and find a way to get everybody a universal basic income. Well, that's yeah. where everybody gets this, enough money to live and we can all just be creative all day. Now, no, this- I, I, I want to say though, I, I like your, I like that theory that you threw out that it's just an energy that's abundant and that we were tapping into it, but not maybe enough. So this had to happen to evolve us forward creatively as beings. Yeah, I mean, in that sense, it's pretty beautiful. They reminded me of something you said one time, Chet, and and maybe instead of you saying it's the muse saying it, which is my mistress is me. What? What? What, Wait, 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 what? (laughs) What did I say? I the muse. The muse is saying my mistress is me. (laughs) My mistress. <laughs> I don't get what you're saying. I've got it written down. I've got I think we got down. high. Uh. <laughs> there might have been some mushrooms involved. I don't know. <laughs> Chet was okay. never there, dude. That sounds about, that sounds about right. <laughs> well, no, this is a good place to quit. We're at like two hours here, so, uh, or almost two hours, so. We need to do a twenty-four hour podcast. I one one of these days, you know. I I I've thought about it. Just do a live stream is where like, we don't where we don't do anything for charity. We just do a twenty-four hour <laughs> podcast. And be, we yeah. need to do a New Year's Eve one, like from like eight o'clock to midnight, just like a live stream where we're all in the same room doing it. That would well, be that's cool. when I that's when I generally do my my self portrait for the year. I, I I wait till the sometimes the very last hour of the year. You could paint it that's, during the live stream. It'd be cool. That's how hardcore I press. Yeah, that was a great one. You know, another great one this year. I really, <laughs> I like that your portrait. Um, okay, so tell people where they can find you before we go. Gabe. Oh, uh, all my social media is Gabe Leonard Art. So GabeLeonardArt.com, and then Gabe Leonard Art at all the Facebook, Twitter. Instagram, Josh, Ventura, TikTok. <laughs> no, uh, uh, my Instagram is at Josh underscore Breckenridge. Uh, my music is um, if you Google with our arms to the sun, that's my music. And I guess those are the two places I interact the most nowadays. I canceled my Twitter. Um, I hate TikTok. <clears throat> I don't know. You still I, don't I, have a website? No. <laughs> Shame. You should you should know by now that everything every advice you give me I always take it but there's like a six month delay. <laughs> you started telling me to meditate like you know two years ago and now I'm doing it. Well, thank you guys. That was fun. Thanks for coming on. So all we have to yeah. do all we have to do is say goodbye to the audience. So just say however you want. Goodbye, audience. Adios. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Happy New Year.